It's my pleasure to welcome John Phillips, the Director of Athletics at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, Florida, and Jake Ripple, the Director of Athletics at Dodge City Community College in Dodge City, Kansas, to the podcast today. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Great to be with you, John. So let's get started by just taking a quick moment and to have you both give us a little bit of background about uh, about your uh, your career in college athletics and a little bit about your respect, your respective schools. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you if we could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, started as in college athletics as a women's basketball coach for 14 years, uh, made the move uh, over to um, athletic administration as an assistant athletic director at uh Garden City Community College, and then moved on to a couple of different roles. Got my first job as an athletic director at Northeast Community College in uh, Norfolk, Nebraska, and then uh, came to Dodge City Community College just over four years ago and have been here since that point. Very good. All right. John Phillips, tell us a little, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would. Absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity to do it, John. Uh, yeah, I've been here at Embry-Riddle now for, uh, for 24 years. Um, in, in a variety of different roles. Uh, I was a student athlete here at Embry-Riddle after I served in the United States Air Force, uh, spent some time here playing baseball, finished up my undergraduate degree and my master's degree, and then came back to work here uh, as a full-time employee in 1997. I was hired as the director of sports marketing and promotions, and uh, I've kind of worked my way up through the assistant AD, associate AD, and as of, uh, I guess, seven, seven years ago now, uh, have, have been the athletic director. Uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University is the world's leader in aviation and aerospace education located in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, we were an NAIA school for, uh, for a long, long time from the inception of collegiate athletics in 1988 through uh, 2014, uh, 15 season was our last year in the NAIA. We made the transition to NCAA Division II, uh, joining the Sunshine State Conference and uh, have, have been Division II since that point. And uh, like I say, it's been my pleasure to be here as the athletic director uh, since 2014. And uh, it's just a great place to be, a growing institution with 20 intercollegiate sports. Uh, and again, located here uh, in the world's most famous beach. <laughs> Very good. And they, and they have that car race that goes on there as well. I believe. Is that right? we, we do have a couple <laughs> of car races. Uh, the big one, obviously, in February, the Daytona 500. Uh, and then uh, coming up here later in the month of August, uh, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 also in the NASCAR Cup Series uh, coming up later this month. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. All right. So let's talk about our topic for today. We have a two-year uh, college school here on, on the show. We have a D, an NCAA D2 institution. We all know and recognize D1 Power 5 schools, the Georgias, Texases, Nebraskas of the world. They're big time. They're recognized brands across the country. These brands move tickets. They move merchandise. They move media rights. Small colleges do not play in that same space. So why on earth is athletics branding a big deal at the small college level? John, let's kick it to you first on that one. All right. Well, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. It is certainly something that's a passion of mine and something we try to do here at Embry-Riddle. Um, you know, branding really tells your story of who you are. You know, oftentimes in collegiate athletics, they say that the athletic department is the front porch of the institution. Whether you're at the big time division one level or at the division two, II, division three or two year college level, um, it's the front porch. It's the first opportunity many people have to learn about your institution. And uh, by having consistent messaging and consistent branding to tell your story of who you are, maybe more importantly, who you want to be. Uh, 
uh, in intercollegiate athletics. Uh, you know, we want to be known as a great institution of higher learning, great academics, but also great athletics. The student athlete uh, is something we take great pride in. In fact, here at Embry-Riddle, uh, I'll just put it out there right, right away early. Our brand that we like to be known for is the student person player. Uh, in that order, we want to recruit great students who are interested in our academic programs here at Embry-Riddle that uh, will do really, really well in the classroom, if not better than our regular student body. Uh, and then second, the person. Uh, we want folks to, uh, to be good people, represent our institution, represent our athletic department really, really well out in town, around campus, and then later on after graduation. And then finally, the third part of the student person player is the player. Uh, we make no bones about it. We like to win, uh, but not at the expense of the first two. Uh, if you're going to keep score, you might as well win the game. And uh, that's what we want to do, whether that's in baseball, basketball, soccer, lacrosse, or any other sport. Uh, we, we, we like to win. And that's what uh, intercollegiate athletics uh, is, is all about, in my opinion. Student athletes who are great students, but also really competitive athletes. So your brand is who you are and, uh, and, and, and who you want others to, uh, to, to know you for and, uh, and, and have a good feel for your program, hopefully through your consistent messaging and branding. All right, Jake. Tell me about, uh, about uh, branding at the two-year college level. So I go a little bit back to the conversation that actually hatched all of this idea <laughs> of, of this podcast when we were all together talking and, and uh, you know, you asked the question of, you know, how can you guys as small schools afford to do it? And I still go back to the statement I made that, that you can't afford not to do it. Um, I think it's too important for what we do across the board and, and, you know, the importance for Dodge City Community College, obviously, as I said, we have 21 uh, community colleges that, or, or similar to your colleges that compete um, in athletics across the state of Kansas and, and you guys know that there's not a um, you know, the population base in Kansas obviously is not near what it is in, in Florida, um, where John is. And, and so we have to do something to set ourselves apart and the athletics. And, and I would echo a lot of what um, John talked about in the athletics is kind of the front porch of, of the college. And, and it's what the public sees a lot of times. And, and uh, you know, we have, three pillars, similar to what John talked about. Um, we refer to them a little bit differently. We have three pillars that we look at and it's, it's academics, community, and athletics. And, um, you know, they're essentially the same thing that, that uh, John talked about. We, number one, we want our student athletes to be very successful in the classroom. We push that as we're talking in the community, as we're talking in recruiting, um, that we want them to be successful in the classroom, you know, where we're a little bit different than what John deals with. Part of our success of our programs is our student athletes moving on to the next level. Um, you know, they're here for two years and they have four years of college eligibility. So part of our success is them moving on to the next level. So the student piece is probably the first piece of that, because if they don't take care of that, we can't have success in, in the idea of moving our student athletes on to the next level. Um, the community piece is very important to me. Uh, I guess part of the background that I probably should have let in with is um, <clears throat> Dodge City is hometown for me. Um, I was away from here for 25 years after I graduated from high school, but uh, I'm, I'm back home now. And so the community piece means a lot to me. You know, how our athletes are um, 
perceived in the community, how they interact with the community, all of that's very important to me and a, and a very big piece of what we do. So um, I want our student athletes to be involved in the community. Um, anything from, you know, being involved with the with grade schools, whether it's a reading uh, to the kids or something we call High Five Fridays, where our student athletes just go out and greet the kids as they're coming into school uh, on Friday mornings. Um, and uh, so we do that. Um, other things, we have a big festival right at the beginning of August, which we just got through Dodge City Days, and our student athletes are very involved with that. Um, we we usually take somewhere around 100 to 120 student athletes and walk in the parade. Um, they We have things like a kids fest that our student athletes help with. So the community piece is pretty big for us and, and the branding piece. And then the athletics piece. Um, Obviously, as John said, you know, we're, we're not going to shy away from the fact that we want to win. Um, we've had to make some changes since I've been here because of that. You know, we we want to win and we're, and we're not going to be ashamed of that. One of the things that, that we will try to go forward with is is the winning piece. And so that academic community athletics piece is a, is a big part of our branding and, and what we do and what we push. Um, you know, not only to prospective student athletes, but to the community and to four-year coaches that come in here. You know, we, we make sure that they know that those are the important things of our, of our program. So I think it's interesting that both of you in talking about the importance of branding at your respective levels, you didn't mention your logos at all. <laughs> and I think that that's a really telling point because it's fair to say branding is kind of a two-part process. Yes, when you think about branding, you think about the visuals, you think about the cool logos. Those things are obviously important. But if they aren't underpinned by those fundamental values, then they're just kind of pretty pictures. Is that a fair way to put that? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, and and the technical side of that, you know, talking about the two-piece um, you know, we do have uh, a very consistent logo that we use athletically. Um, one of the interesting things, and and I guess that I'll save that for a little bit later on. But uh, um, you know, we we do have that logo, and and but the logo means nothing if if uh, you know we do a great job of getting the logo out there. But if we don't put a message behind that logo and and what we stand for, then it's pretty forgettable at that point. John. Yeah, I, would, I, I agree with Jake, and I, I would only add to that, you know, the, the, the logo to us, whether in our case it's blue and gold or at another school it might be, uh, you know, or, orange and blue, um, that, that's perfectly fine. From our perspective, what I think a logo can stand for is consistency, quality, professionalism. When you walk into an Embry-Riddle facility, uh, hopefully you're going to see the same color of royal blue and gold. Now, royal blue isn't any better than red or green or anything else, but what I hope you'll see is, again, that our consistency of branding dictates our professionalism and the attention to detail that we put into our brand, or in this case, our logo, which hopefully tells the story of the big picture of what we stand for, what our goals are, is to be professional and mission-driven and consistent, and, uh, and really just ultimately put out a quality product. You know, the bottom line in branding, you're really trying to differentiate yourself over the competition. If you're Coke versus Pepsi, Nike versus Adidas, whatever those things are, what, why should someone choose you? And, uh, and to me, that's what, that, that, that's what branding is. It's an opportunity to differentiate yourself 
from the competition. Now, Jake's competition is the other two-year schools, primarily in the state of Kansas. Our competition is a different level of school. It's four-year schools in Florida uh, with a STEM-based curriculum that who we compete against. Uh, but the bottom line is we're just trying to differentiate ourselves from our competition. And branding is a, is, is a piece of that, and in my opinion, a very critical piece of that. Because it is still a business. And, and you are still looking to, yeah. to promote and grow the business. So to that end, can you, can you talk a little bit about the role then of that athletics branding in advancing the institution as a whole? What is that relationship between uh, differentiating your program uh, and, and thus your institution as well in that competitive marketplace? Yeah, I'm happy to go first on that one. And I'll tell the Ember Riddle story just a little bit. When I came here as a student uh, in 1989, athletics had just started. It began in 1988. So talk about being in the infancy of an athletic program. We had no athletic facilities. We had no scholarships and we barely had any teams. I mean, we had five sports mm -hmm. back then. Um, but what Embry Riddle was known for prior to that worldwide was as a really good academic institution focused on aviation and aerospace. But to our community here in Daytona Beach, it was kind of viewed as a tech school, a trade school. You'd go there, you learn how to fly or fix airplanes or design airplanes as an aerospace engineer, and then you leave and do that job somewhere else. There was very little student life uh, here at Embry-Riddle at that time in the late 1980s. We didn't have fraternities and sororities. We only had, I think, one dormitory, maybe two dormitories at the time. And it really was a drive-in, drive-out, uh, great education. But beyond that, not much. Well, we used athletics as a tool to grow our brand of Embry-Riddle as a full-fledged, it's a regular college now. We have sports. Um, but it was a piece of that. And our president at that time, Dr. Steve Sliwa, that was one of his missions was to grow student life and to have our community embrace the institution. And I think we've done a really good job of that. We've added new dormitories. We've added fraternities and sororities. We have a beautiful student union and we have a wonderful division two athletic program with 20 intercollegiate sports. Um, and our community has embraced that opportunity. Embry-Riddle is no longer thought of as just another flight school. Uh, we are a full-fledged, robust, four-year academic institution. And I think athletics has played a fairly critical role in that. And of course, I'm a, I'm a biased person in that respect, but a fairly critical role in the city of Daytona Beach and all of Volusia County in educating folks on the other education that college is, is meant for. It's not just the classroom learning, it's all the other life skills that, uh, that folks take away from it. And, uh, and really proud of the way we've been able to do that because we are not a, a competitor to the academic piece, we are an enhancement. We complement the academic piece, that full-fledged, robust, holistic education uh, that we take great pride in producing. And athletics is one, one, one part of that here on our campus. Yeah, okay, Jake? I would, I mean, to, a little bit to, to John's point where he said he may be biased, but I would echo what John says about Embry-Riddle because I, I would say, um, you know, being in the athletics world, I've kind of followed what goes on. And, and I remember thinking, you know, 20 years ago when I, when I was fairly early in my career and, and I remember hearing about Embry-Riddle and I'm like, oh, that's a, 
that's a pilot school. And that, that's all I thought of. But uh, I was like, they have athletics. And now, you know, um, I'm sure part of it is the getting to know John, but at the same time, uh, they have a, they've done a great job of branding across the nation. And, and so that's one of the things that, that, um, you know, he talks about Daytona and, and the County there and how it's changed the view there, but I think it's changed the view nationally for their, uh, for their university as well. Um, you know, they, they obviously have a couple of locations, but, uh, uh, Daytona is kind of the one that everybody knows about. And, you know, for us, um, you know, I, I look at the branding and how it in, enhances uh, the entire school. Um, you know, I I was at an institution prior that uh, they were very clear about their branding guidelines and wanted zero crossover uh, between the school athlete or the school branding, what they considered the academic branding and the athletic branding, and they wanted no crossover. And I think in the long run. Um, you know, it, it kind of hurt the, the branding. And I, I would argue that hurt the athletic branding of the school because it wasn't getting out there quite as much. I've been very fortunate here at Dodge City that uh, um, my president, Dr. Harold Nolte, is is huge proponent of athletics. And he is very adamant about the branding of our athletics, enhancing the entire institution. And, you know, this may be a small thing, may not be a small thing, but, uh, um, you know, at one of my former institutions, the uh, even something as small as a business card. Um, if you were in athletics, you had one business card. If you were in uh, academics, it was a completely different business card and, and a completely different logo. And we had some people here. Uh, we kind of redesigned business cards when I got here. It was part of uh, part of what I thought was necessary for branding. So we kind of redesigned them and. We now have people from our academic side that are wanting to use the design that we created for our athletic logo. And, and for me, hey, that's great because guess what? That's promoting our athletic program across the board. And it's just that much more getting out there. But I think it's a perfect example of how much athletic branding plays into the branding of the entire institution. And, you know, we're becoming known for uh, our athletic logo is becoming known um, definitely within the city and, and um, across the state, even more so than it used to be. And we, you know, part of that comes back to what, what John talked about, the consistency that we're doing the same thing. We're using the same colors. We're using the uh, fonts around our logos consistently. Um, all of those things become a big part of that. Um, the consistency of a brand is a, is a huge part of it, of it being a good marketing tool for your school, for, for your program. So um, I think that that's, you know, the fact that we have our institution, we have people wanting to use our athletic design on a business card. While it might seem like a small thing, it's, you know, it's that many more uh, people that are, that are seeing our athletic logo out in the community, out in the business world um, that might be willing to invest in our program as well. So given the, the competitive nature of the small college uh higher education marketplace, again, D2, D3, NAIA, two-year schools. Um, there's a lot of opportunity out there, I think is, is, is fair to say in regards to branding and messaging. What do you see as just looking at that, at that market overall? What do you see as what's, what folks are doing well with small college branding? And what are kind of some, some opportunities where maybe the entire uh, market could, 
could improve how it's representing itself? So I think one of the things, especially at the two years uh, level, and, and I would think that, that John one might echo, echo this, but uh, social media has completely changed how people use their branding, in my opinion. You know, it always used to be how it looks in print and, you know, what you do with it. And, you know, I go to uh, one of the things that I looked at as I was coming here um, was the, uh, I'll tell you somebody that I think did a great job of it, and they still do. Iowa Western Community College um, has a great brand. Um, their mascot is the Reavers. They're a river pirate, and uh, they, um, and I'm going to give some credit to another uh, colleague of ours, but Jeremy Capo, when he got there, um, he really uh, embraced that and uh, push their brand forward and their social media really changed when he got there. Um, and I know he had some help with it, with their social media staff, their marketing staff as a school, but uh, they, they developed a couple of things. Um, and he developed, you know, one of the things that went along with all of their social media posts with their logos and everything was he put a couple of hashtags in place that, uh, that went along and uh, he, one of them worked and one of them didn't. And, and I think you have to be willing to do some of that stuff. Um, you know, he, one of the, the logos or one of the hashtags that they used uh, that probably didn't go over and didn't, didn't continue on with them was fueled by blue, by blue as their colors were blue and black. But the other thing he did um, was, was fly the flag. And obviously as the pirate brand and everything, he found something that related to their, to their logo, to their mascot and created that as a school and so that was one of the things that I looked at when I came here and and the idea of of the Dodge City Conquistadors and and so you know I was struggling with it and, and our men's basketball coach when when we hired him and he came in we started talking about some of that stuff and if you do some research on on Conquistadors and and I'm not going to go into the whole story but we came up with the hashtag of burn the boats and uh, so we use that hashtag with our stuff and if you do the if you do the research on where the burn the boats came from it it relates back to the Conquistadors and it's it's a big piece so it's it's just one more you know promoting our brand and finding some consistency in that but we use that across social media and um, you know, it's, it's one thing that I think when people see that consistency and you, know, you really saw that with Iowa Western of that fly the flag all the time with, with their stuff. And, and uh, they created uh, you know, they created different posts with flags with their, with their reaver head on it. And it just really was something that was impactful for, for what I was, what I was looking at. So I was looking for, you know, how do we do that at Dodge city? And I've adopted some of what Jeremy did there. John, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I think those are some great examples there. I'll share a couple other in the in the in the D two space that I've seen. Um, you know, one of one of which is on the other on the other coast out in Southern California. Uh, one of our former NAIA colleagues, that's now a Division two colleague, Azusa Pacific University. Uh, you know, it goes back to kind of differentiating your, differentiating yourself and what you stand for. Azusa Pacific is a is a Christian faith based institution, and when you walk into their uh, to their gym. They have a massive mural at one end of their arena, and it just says God first. And that tells their story. If you'd like to know what Azusa Pacific stands for, it's very clear. <laughs> Two words with a period after it. I mean, it, it, it is very, very clear what, they've, what they stand for. 
uh, Lynn University. I know you did a, a podcast uh, a little while back with one of my one of my great friends, and 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 fortunately enough to be a close colleague in our league, Lynn University. Spirit, service, strength uh, are their three words, and that's the big banner when you walk in their gym. That's what they stand for. I think they've done a really good job of having the blue and white, and and what Devin and his team have have put together. Um, but but I think it's you know ultimately the branding is what what do you value what's what's your mission what's important to you what are your pillars a lot of different terms there but i think they all go back to the same thing uh and i'll go back to what what what, what jake just referred to there and in, in, through social media and how you tell your story we stand at embry riddle for the student person player and we have a great emphasis on academics if you go to my personal twitter page right now i'm going to tweet just as much about the academic all-american as the All-American or the championship versus our academic awards, because that's what we stand for. That's our brand. We value the student athlete and we will tweet and post and Instagram and share uh, those academic awards that our students get just as much, if not more than some of our athletic awards, because that's what we stand for. And I want people to be, I want them very up, up front and honest about it. We stand for really good student athletes and really good students, and we're going to celebrate their academic success. So what you stand for and what the messaging you put out there, hopefully those two things are in alignment. Uh, and in my case, um, I'm not saying I do it perfectly, but that's one of the things I work really hard to do is to share Embry-Riddle's story in all areas, not just, hey, we won the game 86 to 71, but who had the points? Oh, Elijah Jenkins had 21 points tonight. Did you also know that he was the Sunshine State Conference Male Student Athlete of the Year this past year? And that's a true story. He is the Sunshine State Conference Male Student Athlete of the Year. And, and, and I'm going to continue to tell both sides of Elijah Jenkins' story because it's a great story. He's a smart kid. He's got a mechanical engineering undergraduate degree. He's pursuing his MBA. And he's a heck of a basketball player. And, uh, but that's his story. And that's my job is to help tell his story, which ultimately tells Embry-Riddle's story and what we stand for. So as we go into uh, our last question here, and this has all been outstanding information. Thank you both. Um, let's say there is an athletic director out there who is struggling with the idea of branding. Uh, it's an abstract thing to this, to, to this uh, athletic director. They are looking at their logo and they're thinking, that's my branding. They're thinking story. That's my branding. How do they deal with this? So from both of you, what's, what's your number one advice to that struggling athletic director? Where do you start with refurbishing that branding conversation? John, I'll let you go first on this one. Oh, man. <laughs> I was hoping to steal some of your stuff. But, you know, ultimately, it's all those things. It's your logo. It's your mission. It's your pillars. Um, and especially at the small college level, you can't do it all overnight and you can't fix issues overnight. If you have a facility, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, that might be what I, what I would consider branded inappropriately or maybe branded inconsistently. None of us have the budget to just come in and do a facelift and fix all those things. Mm -hmm. So you can't do it overnight and you shouldn't try to. Um, but I think what you should try to do is make small steps. And, at the, and honestly, it's something we did over the summer. We took advantage of some of the downtime this summer with lack of, uh, of students on campus, 
lack of athletic events on campus because it was summer. And of course, some of the COVID restrictions that had some of our facilities closed up. And I said, hey, since there's not going to be people traipsing through this lobby uh, every day going to use our weight room or fitness center or whatever the facility might be, let's take advantage and let's clean up some of this space and do some different things. So we've done some projects and, and I'm not just going to talk about Embry-Riddle, but everybody can do that. You know, you can, you, you can, you can modify your identity and clean some things up, start with one facility, make it consistent, whether it's your color scheme. And this is something that I fought on campus. You know, we are Royal blue and, and, and gold. It's not Vegas gold. It's not Georgia tech gold. It's, it's, it's very similar to the gold in, in, in the shirt that, that Jake's honestly wearing today. Um, and, and, and so I wanted to make sure that our branding had the right color gold and we're Royal blue. We're not Navy blue. And so I wanted to make sure we had the right color blue everywhere. And so we went through and did some little things like that. And again, what color you are doesn't really matter. But what I preach is consistency of, of, of a common identity. And, uh, and then the other thing is the student person player. We've had that for years. Our previous athletic director, Steve Ritter, came up with that plan uh, probably uh, very early on in, in, in our infancy of athletics. It's probably been 30 years now. Um, but we didn't always tell that story. We told it internally, but we never shared it. And so something we did last year is I put student person player on the back of every team's practice gear. Uh, the t-shirts that every student athlete gets now between their shoulder blades, it says student person player. And when they wear that to class, now their professor is going to see that. When they wear that in the community, one of our fans is going to see that. When they wear that home, their mom and dad's going to see that. And so we're being more uh, outward uh, as opposed to internal external with that with that branding and then the other thing we're going to do this summer is we're going to tell what does it mean to be a student person player and so i'm going to put some branding up in our lobby to tell that story uh, a little clearly because not everybody understands what the student person player means and why and why they see that uh hashtag or catchphrase or or, or, or branding element on some of our stuff so pick some little things chip away at the big picture and uh eventually uh we'll we'll, we'll, we'll all get there so uh I'll, I'll, I'll let Jake add, add to that and probably do a better job than I did. So I, I would echo what he, what he said and don't try to bite it off all as one piece. You know, I think um, as a small college administrator, the first thing you do is you, you know, and I think it's natural for all of us. We look at just what you talked about at the very opening of this. We look at what Nebraska is doing, what Georgia's doing, what, what uh, Alabama's doing and we say, Oh, I, I want to do that. Well, that's not always realistic for all of us and um, for sure not in, in one fell swoop. And, and if there's a school out there that has the money to do that, uh, let me know and I'll, I'll figure out how to get there um, at the small <laughs> college level. But uh, you know, we don't, we don't uh, you know, we don't have that piece. So, you know, I think the, the very first thing is you have to decide, you know, what are we going to be? You know, that, like John said, the student person player, um, you know, ours, the academic community athletics piece, you have to figure out what you're going to be, um, make sure that you are integrating your logo, your, I guess, your visual branding into that and what you're doing, um, what your pillars are, what you're going to stand for and make sure that they stay consistent. I think that if there's one thing that, that you can always talk about athletic branding is, you know, make sure it's consistent all the way through from, 
from beginning to end, um, you know, and, and as John talks about the, the color piece, you know, just like they're royal blue and, and gold, we're, we are considered royal purple and gold. And um, that's one of the things we look at. And, and I honestly, I have an issue right now in one of my athletic facilities that um, I have, I think about three different shades of gold in there. And uh, one of them I can't fix immediately. It's under a floor finish that, that I'm going to have to, um, wait to, to, till I can stand it all the way down and, and redo. Um, but there's, there's a couple of walls that I can take care of immediately. And so that's one of the things that, I, that I'm looking at putting some new paint on. Um, it was a little, it stood out a little bit. Um, but, uh, now we've, we've added some, uh, we've added some different features to our, to that facility. And now it really stands out that we're having different shades of gold in that gym. So that's one of the things that we have to fix. And, and so I would say, you know, look around, look at your surroundings, look at what you're doing. Do they match up to the values of that you want for your program and, and figure that out and then just be consistent as you change it and, um, you know, be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. Be patient. You've got to build a brand. Um, you know, I don't think anybody you look across the across the nation, even even the big boys, they didn't build a brand overnight. Um, you know, you'll find even the you know, the the big schools when they've had to change a mascot, change a logo. That has not been an easy thing for them because they haven't been able to change that overnight. They've had to do it in bits and pieces. So you're no different than what they're doing. You're going to have to build it bit by bit your chunks just may be smaller than the others, um, as you're doing that. So be patient, be consistent, um, you know, but be persistent with it. Just make sure that, that you're yeah. building that brand the way, the way that you and make sure, and I guess the other pieces an athletic administrator, make sure that you're on the same page with your administration school wide to that the branding that you're taking forward as athletics fits with the mission of the school and, and that they're, they're good with what you're doing athletically um, because nothing can hurt more, you know, nothing can hurt an athletic branding more than, more than being at odds with your, uh, with your institution branding. And that is a whole other conversation in and of itself, but we have reached the end of our time today. So, uh, so perhaps we'll have to pick that up later. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be here and, and, and talk about branding. Um, I know it's something that the three of us could go on, you know, at, at the next Bosca reception with a few more beers and, and whatnot, but uh, I appreciate your, your taking the time here to, uh, to, to, to share some thoughts and to, and, and to share, share some wisdom. Um, I will have contact information for both uh, Jake and John in the show notes for this episode, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on the, uh, on the, on your favorite podcasting platform, you'll be able to follow them uh, on social media and, uh, and get access to them by email as well. So guys, thanks so much for being here. Best of luck to you both as we get the school, uh, the new school year underway, and we'll look forward to seeing you both again soon. Thanks, John. Thank you so much, John. I enjoyed being a part of this. Thanks for watching. You can get in touch with our guest using the information listed here on the screen. You can also find it in the video description below and in the podcast show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're listening on a podcasting platform, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and write a review. Help other sports professionals find this podcast. Best of luck in your sports branding efforts, and we'll see you next time.